All right, we're back again. It's Steve Wilson one more time. In Matthew chapter 5, we're up to, uh, see, we went through chapter 5, verse 24. We'll pick up in 25. And um, we're talking about, as I said before, the remainder of this chapter, just kind of some uh, rapid fire um, instructions, um, or I guess uh, points digging deeper into or being dug deeper into by Christ on some of the issues that we face in life. And so, you know, it's kind of in, in keeping with the acts of the law. We've already talked about how, you, you know, it's not the acts of the law that save you um, or the lack thereof that causes you to be lost. That all hinges on your trust in Jesus Christ and his shed blood. But, but there is value in them. And he says he came to fulfill the law, meaning the law still exists, and we still should adhere to it. Um, now, some of the laws, of course, had to do with uh, the ancient days that no longer exist, and you know we don't have time to get into that right here. But um, generally, they're you know they're still there. And, and here, what he's talking about is more the, than the law um, is the motive. You know why we do the things we do. What's really in our heart? Whether we carry it out to the extent that the law, um, you know, condemns it, or whether it's, you know, the fact that it's in our heart, uh, there's, there's condemnation there all already, and, and we need to be concerned about uh, how, how deep the feelings are. So anyway, in verse 25, he says, and we're, we were talking about mending fences, I guess, you know, being angry, and this all came about, and how thou shalt not kill, and, you know, how what's in your heart is kind of the same thing. But he says, agree with thine adversary quickly, whilst thou art in the way with him, lest any time the adversary deliver thee to the judge, and the judge deliver thee to the officer, and thou be cast into prison. Verily I say unto thee, thou shalt by no means come out of thence till thou hast paid the uttermost farthing. You know, he's saying, look, if there's if there's a, a difference between you and someone else, and especially as he's mentioned twenty three and twenty four, if you you come into the altar, you're trying to present yourself before Christ. You you know you need to go back to this person who they're you know you're having this difference with disagreement or whatever it is, and resolve that issue while there's still some semblance of connection or mutual respect or relationship there. Um, if if you do it now, he says, whilst thou art in the way with him, lest at any time the adversary deliberate the judge and so on. He, what he's saying is, it, look, look, if you just do it now, not only you know will you get things right in your heart so you can stand before Christ, but you can fix it with the least amount of damage control possible. You know, there are things that can be forgiven while you still have a relationship. If you allow that thing to go on and fester and and play itself out all the way to the end, it's going to cost you a lot more in the end because it's you're going to lose too much. Um, and it's going to stand between you and God, and, and God is going to demand um, the, the ultimate payment uh, for harboring that in, in your heart. So, folks, just... Look, if there's something going on between you and somebody else and you want a right relationship with God, it's hurting you more than it is them. Um, you're the one that needs to get this thing fixed. And now if they don't want to resolve the issue with you, then that becomes their problem, not yours. But you need to make the effort. Verse 27, you have heard that it was said by them of old time, thou shalt not commit adultery. So here he goes. He's, he's changing uh, direction. 
and he's beginning to talk about adultery, uh, unfaithfulness, you know, to your spouse or whatever. You have heard that it was late, it was said by them of old time, thou shalt not commit adultery. But I say unto you that whosoever looketh on a woman or lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. Um, and, and then he goes on in the next couple of verses. It sounds like he's shifting gears, but he's not really. And if thy right eye offend thee, pluck it out, cast it from thee, for it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish, and not that the whole body should be cast into hell. If thy right hand offend thee, cut it off, cast it from thee, for it, for it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish, and not that thy whole body should be cast into hell. Um, so, you know, he's telling you, look, whatever it takes... Well, well, first of all, you know, he's, he's talking about adultery, the act of adultery. We all know what that is, and it's not just adultery. Fornication falls into the same category. Um, but you don't have to carry this act out to fruition in order to be guilty of it. If you have a desire um, for a, another person, um, he says here, whosoever looketh on a woman, this is because he's talking to a group of men here, but it works both ways, ladies. The same thing holds true to you if you look upon another man. Um, if you have a desire in your heart to carry that out to fruition, if you're picturing in your mind or if you're lusting after an individual, um, you've already committed the act in God's eyes. So you need to find some way to prevent that. And, and I'm not just talking about hoping that you can um, quell the thought when it occurs. I'm talking about finding ways to prevent it from happening. Um, don't put yourself in situations where you might be tempted. You know what your weaknesses are. So don't, you know, if you find yourself headed in a direction where you know that there's going to be temptation there, don't trust your own ability to, re to resist. Um, just cut it off, you know, nip it in the bud. It's you know, like always when I was pastoring, well, and still attempt to, you know, to the degree that I can, Avoid being alone with women. Always try to have someone present when counseling or, you know, do on visitation and stuff like that. Um, not riding in a car with a member of the opposite sex. Just, you never know, even if you trust the person implicitly, you never know when something could happen. And uh, you don't know when Satan is going to tempt someone and then they're going to tempt you. So... You know, it says that if if your if your right eye is the problem, pluck it out. If your uh, right hand is a problem, cut it off. He's saying, do whatever it takes, whatever you have to do in order to to quell that that possible temptation. He's not just saying defeat the temptation. He's saying defeat the possibility of temptation. Uh, because if you don't, then you're going to end up being guilty. Verse 31, he said, It hath been said, Whosoever shall put away his wife, let him give her a writing of divorcement. But I say unto you that whosoever shall put away his wife, saving for the cause of fornication, causeth her to commit adultery. And whosoever shall marry her that is divorced, committeth adultery. Well, you know, of course, he's still kind of following up on this idea of adultery, but he carries this into the ultimate relationship or, or failed relationship in a marriage, which ends up being divorce. Now, you know, the Bible teaches that we should have one woman or one man for one lifetime. Um, that's the ideal situation. And it, it does actually give you an out here. It says if your partner is found to be guilty of fornication, he, he'll allow divorce, but 
even then it's not preferred. You know, you, you should still try and iron things out and be reconciled. Um, but unfortunately, there are things that occur in life. Um, one of the big mistakes I, I think that Christians make is marrying someone who's not a Christian. Uh, now, it's not even that can can go bad, but there's less chance of it. Um, so if you find yourself in a situation where things are happening, you end up divorced. Certainly, you should try to reconcile if at all possible, but sometimes reconciliation is not possible because both parties have to be willing to do that, and sometimes that's just not the case. Um, divorce is a bad thing. Divorce is something you should avoid at all costs, but if it just simply cannot be avoided, that doesn't mean you can't move on and serve God. You know, there are still things you can do for God um, having been divorced. Um, but, you know, the idea is that if you go into a marriage thinking, well, you know, we'll do the best we can. If it doesn't work out, you know, we can always get divorced and start over. Well, it's not the right attitude. God says if that's the attitude that you have, then you're going to end up causing your partner in, uh, to commit adultery. <coughs> okay, verse uh, 33. Again, you have heard that it has been said of old time, Thou shalt not forswear thyself, but shalt perform unto the Lord thine oath. But I say unto you, Swear not at all, neither by heaven, for it's God's throne, nor by earth, for it's his footstool. Neither by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great thing. Neither shalt thou swear by the head, because thou canst not make one hair white or black. But let your communication be yea, yea, nay, nay, for whatsoever, or for, yeah, whatsoever is more than these come of evil. Um, you you know, you, your word should be your bond. I remember the days when that used to be valid. They, that doesn't even hold up in court anymore, but it used to. Now, if it's not written and it's not spelled out in a contract, it, it's not even valid. But, folks, um, it should be that way. You know, if we tell somebody we're going to do something, we promise somebody we're going to do it, then keep it. Keep the promise. Be good for your word. Don't, uh, don't ever let it be said that you would go back on what you said, that you're, that you're not honest and you're not true. Um. You've heard it has been said, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. But I say unto you that you resist not evil, but whosoever shall smite thee on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. Any man sue thee at the law, and take away thy coat, let him have thy cloak also. And whosoever compel thee to go a mile, go with him twain. Give to him that asketh thee, and take from him that would borrow thee. Turn not away. Um... You know, the idea here, of course, has to do with, um, you know, being fair and honest with one another, uh, letting your communication mean what you say. Um, and if people mistreat you and abuse you, that's their problem. That's not your problem. Our our job is to do what we sh should, should do. Uh, if, um, you know, a lot of times we hear people say, well, I'm just not going to let people walk on me. Well, you know what? That's not really a biblical statement. Sometimes you have to let people walk on you. Uh, Paul never tried to get even with anybody. He even repented when he did things that he felt when he, you know, stood up and, and said things against someone that he shouldn't have said. Sometimes we have to, you know, it says they hit you on the right cheek, give them the other one to hit. And if they ask you for a coat, give them your cloak also. So 
uh, if you want to go a mile, and I don't have time to go into this whole mile and going twain thing. It was a Roman law. Um, but the idea is to go to the extra mile. Do, do more than you're expected to do in order to make things right with one another and don't, don't seek revenge on, on each other. Don't try to get even just because someone has wronged you. You've heard it has been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy, but I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, pray for them which despitefully use you, and persecute you, that ye may be children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh his son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. For if ye love which love you, <clears throat> what reward have you? Do not even the publicans the same. If you salute your brethren only, what do ye more than others? Do not the publicans so? Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father, which in heaven is in which is in heaven, is perfect. Um, even those, you know, we need to love all men. I know some people are easier to love than others. I know it seems like you can do and do and do for people they don't appreciate it. Um, I know there are people who are out to get you, especially if you're a Christian. They're out to destroy you. Doesn't give us the right to hate them. Doesn't give us the right to stop loving them. They're sinners. They need to be saved, and they need to see the love of Christ. Somehow we need to be able to reach out to them. And those who despitefully use us, as the Bible says, those are the ones that we should reach out to and um, build a relationship with. You know, there's an, the easiest way to build a relationship with somebody is is to start praying for them. Because when you start praying for them, God will soften your heart and show you things about them that um, you never saw before. Help you to understand them a little better. Because if you don't, you know, the, if, if, if you only... If you only love the ones that love you back, that you know anybody can do that. The real, the person who really is different, the really person who really walks in their own footsteps, sets their own pace, are are the ones who go against the grain, go against the laws of the world. Um, make it a point to love people who don't love you. Find a way to reach out to them with Christ. You know. I, you know, I, I'm not perfect at this, but, you know, I use Facebook a lot, and I try to use it. I, I try to stay away from arguments. Sometimes it's hard. Uh, again, I, I, I'm not always doing what I should, but use it. To, I, I have friends on there that I disagree with purposely so I can share Christ with them, just so I can put posts up, you know, that show who I am, and maybe they'll see something in me that they don't have in their life. So even if you don't like somebody, find find a way to get through them for Christ because whether you like them or not, God does. God created them. God loves them, and he wants to see them be a part of his family, and we should have that same desire. So thanks again for following, and we'll catch you somewhere else down the road. God bless. Welcome to Refocus. I'm your host, Trevor Wilson. This is a podcast of Sunday school lessons that I've taught, some sermons that I have preached. Uh, I have various guests at different times. Uh, basically, the, the whole idea is to just kind of refocus back on the Word of God, going back to those Bible stories, studying the Scriptures. Let's just, just kind of get out of ourselves, out of our own thinking, and go back to the Word of God and see what He has to say. I love those old Sunday school lessons when we were kids. We seem to have gotten away from some of those. Just the bare bones bottom of what the Word of God, the meat and potatoes, if you will. So I hope you enjoy and pass along and share.
Now, let's get to the lesson. Thank you.